This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Besotted at the Euros, the first podcast of this European Championship. It's our first of hopefully many podcasts. And uh, we're coming to you after the England-Russia game. We've had a bit of a couple of days. It seems like we've been in Marseille for about 45 years. Like you know, uh, It's been a bit of a, a war zone, as you've probably heard. But there's also a lot of positive things going down. We might talk about the things that have been going down, positive and negative. But also we're going to talk about the game and everything else that's gone on. I'm here in the Busa, way after the game, um, at the top of the hill, I don't know what the area is called, but it's quite, quite a nice little bar, bit of music, England fans singing behind us, you know, we got away from the viewport area and I'm here with Mr Dave Lane, how you doing Dave? I'm alright mate, I'm alright, live to tell the tale, um, England didn't play particularly awfully tonight and uh, off, got, their, got their account off with a point, So, uh, but uh, it's edgy. It's all a little bit edgy, and we've got Mr. Jimmy Mack as well. Jimmy Mack, who's been on quite a few of our podcasts, but Jimmy is actually his first England away game. So what I wanted to know is how is your first experience? There's a little bit of a baptism of fire for you, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I'm straight in at the deep end. Um, I didn't bring my uh, I didn't bring my armbands either, so it was, a, it was a interesting one. But for 90 minutes during the game, well, yeah, for 90 minutes, not 93 minutes. For 90 minutes, it was a really good, uh, really good experience. Uh, mentally draining otherwise but we'll get to that we do and we've got Mr Dave P Dave P as well he's been to quite a few games down at Griffin Park but he's out here with the England Posse I've go to Dave with quite a lot of the games we're out in Brazil together and all sorts of other places Dave is actually a Liverpool fan and he was in Basel a few weeks ago as well likes to do a bit of international travel and uh Came to Marseille a few years back, but I actually, actually ever seen England play at Marseille. And again, this was a bit of an experience for you, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of an understatement, really. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't what really I uh, envisaged when I uh, left home yesterday. But you know, it was, uh, it was a very edgy city. It's a cool, quite a cool city, which we were sort of talking about earlier. You know, I think it's quite it'd be quite a nice place to come again when there wasn't football on. There's lots of lots of good positive stuffs here, but uh, unfortunately. The football, the England fans being here has brought some, a lot of negative. A lot of negative, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Like I said, um, the Besotted at the Euros podcast. I've also got Geordie John as well. Geordie John obviously supports Newcastle. Another one of our posse here travels around England games. We were in Brazil together, all sorts of places, having a laugh, go to England games together. And yes, we do have fun, and there's been a lot of positivity. So this has been a slightly different situation than we normally see when we go to, to watch England games, isn't it, John? Yeah, totally different, totally different to Brazil and South Africa. Obviously a lot more fans out here, so you're going to get things like this. But I've personally seen it kick off twice today. Once in the square just up the port and then again at the, at the game. 
Um, not really sure who's to blame, loads of different reports, whether it's the Russians, whether it's the locals, whether it's PSG or other French fans, but um, yeah, totally different to previous tournaments. Totally different. So listen, we're just going to chat around here, like I said, it's quite late at night, but we're going to talk, just talk about the Euros, just get our vibes on what we were saying about the Euros, who we might think might be doing well, not so well, how England has started, how England played today. And also, we'll talk a bit and a touch a bit on the things that have been happening in and around Marseille, which we want to know about. So first of all, I mean, mainly European Championships, very excited when it came out. I mean, what were your thoughts I mean, about England and any other team? You know, who do you think was going to be doing the business? Well, I mean, actually, let's just strip it back a little bit more about when you say, like, when, when we found out that it was going to be in France. I, I, I was really quite excited because I thought it was going to be accessible. I, I thought it would be a, just a, a brilliant opportunity to travel around France. Um, you know, just drink drink some good beer and wine and see some lovely cities because you know France is a beautiful place. I didn't actually imagine it to be like this. Um, it, the French are not coming out of this tournament very well at all. You know, we've had strikes um, of, of trains and planes and, and metros. The, the authorities are not handling it. They're the tear gassing in in the in the city centres indiscriminately. In, indiscriminately. Um, the, f the French fans coming out and looking not 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 just to beat up England, but it's, you know it's, it's kicking off in Nice between the Poles and the Northern Irish. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know I know it's early days, and I, I don't want to be a, a you know foreseer of doom. I, I think this will probably be one of the nastiest tournaments in living memory, to be honest with you. I, I can, I mean, I let me say to you, and it's interesting because Marseille, like I said, it's, it's not the hugest city in the world, but what's happened is that everything is focused on the viewport. And if you've ever been to Marseille, it's a beautiful port down there, millions of boats, very very expensive boats, bars down there. Most of everything is focused on the one bar, which is the Queen Vic. There's an Irish bar beside it. All the England fans are there. They have been singing and doing their thing. And if you go there, it's a bit ridiculous because the whole world's media are camped outside that bar, filming them every single hour of the day. If you go two blocks back, back from that, there's like cobbled streets with open air, all fresco where we've been eating and stuff. And you wouldn't even know there's anything going on two blocks back. It's really bizarre. And that's the same thing that happens around the whole of Marseille. There's probably 30,000 England fans here, and there's a 200 in that bar, and there's 29,800 everywhere else, basically just trying to get away from it. So it's been a bit of a, you know, a bit of a frustration tonight. Actually, the other thing I would say before we, you know you pass the mic around to everyone else is, I think without the England fans being here, I don't think you'd even know the Euros were on. I mean, again, we came back to this as well because France has a really strange relationship with football. It seems, um, again, France '98. It wasn't until the quarterfinals when it was here where the French actually got going. You've, it's quite hard to find televisions in bars. They're not really up for it. They're not, you know, really celebrating like they would do in the UK. You know, it's quite dead. You know, you walk to the game and the place is all really quite dead. It's quite, it's quite strange, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. Well, I, I actually got in. A, I got into Paris on the Friday night, and myself and a couple of other lads, we thought we'll go and watch the first game in the fan zone and. Uh, you know, with uh, secure, race security issues and what we thought, we'd get down nice and early, get down about 7 o'clock, it's going to be really, really busy, you might not get in, I was 80,000 people, 7 might be a bit too late, and we've, we've messed up the train, so we get there at half 7, and we walked in, there was probably, not, for fans that holds 80,000, I'm going to be honest, there's probably 2,000 people in there, so very, very low on the ground. Probably 1,900 of them were Northern Irish fans singing about Will Grigg, which was quite quite entertaining. But um, I told them to, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're a big lover, uh, the Grand Plant. But yeah, but 
yeah, it, it did sort of demonstrate that the French were a little bit, you know, what would they say, laissez-faire about the, uh, their attitude to the Euros. And they arrived quite late, and but I will say that in Paris, generally, the atmosphere was brilliant. It's exactly what you wanted. There's fans singing at each other in good spirits. I got involved in a very entertaining sing-off between the Croatian fans and Northern Irish fans. Like, great humour. It was brilliant. It's Marseille... It's night and day. It's, the atmosphere is so different. So, you know, it's, I'm sure we're back home, it's a very negative spin on the things, but Paris, anything to go by, there's going to be some good there's going to be some good nights, you know, good nights without riots, I hope, anyway. I'm sure there's good nights. So you're talking about France, obviously France played their first game. They got a little win with a, with a very late winner. Um, they didn't play particularly well, but they scored an absolute peach of a game. A peach of a goal. I mean, we didn't see the first half because we were trying to escape from the port and the tear gas, but we saw the second half <laughs> most, most, of the, most of the game. Dave, I mean, France, a lot of people had put them as being the number one team to, to win this tournament. Do you still think that's going to be the case? Uh, before, I uh, definitely had them as, uh, as my tip to win. And it's hard to judge a team after the first game, especially... Being the opening game as well, um, I didn't really see a lot of the game. You know, I just saw a few highlights as we were travelling down yesterday. So, will they still win it? Yeah, possibly. Possibly it's still early. You know, they, they, they've got potential. They've got uh, they've got no one behind them at the moment, as you, as as, people have, as we've touched on already. But again, they you know if they start doing well, the the, the country you'd imagine will get behind them again. But there's. Um, you never know in France because the, the guys, the, the guys um, that we that you know down here, we, we were chatting to earlier. That's the Marseille ultras that we did a little documentary with. If you look, check out besotted.co.uk, we've done a couple of articles on there, and we actually interviewed the besotted ultras, um, the besotted, the Marseille ultras, about three months ago, and they actually predicted that there would be problems in the city because of the policing, because of the different fans that are coming in, and we thought they were a little bit OTT, but to be fair, they were spot on. But you were saying, anyway, check to these guys? Yeah, and they, uh, and, and they were saying that they, they have no interest in France uh, football, what uh, national team, what, so they didn't, they, they didn't even watch the game last night, and they and, and kind of threw me a bit when he said they, they, they were supporting England. They're going to the game today, obviously, because the, the game's here and they had tickets and England are here. But even regardless of the fact that England are playing down here, they, 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 their team for this tournament is England, not France. And that's it's just a bit strange, you know. You, you know, you, you think that you um, you're going to support your nation regardless, but um, there's, there is a, there's quite a lot of different connotations in France. There's a lot of different sort of scenarios going in France that maybe we in England we don't know about. You know, where what for the reason why. A lot of people don't support their national team. Yeah, indeed. And, and then just coming back to the game today, I mean, we're going to just be flitting in and out of the subjects, just talking about stuff. I'm sure we're going to come back to the things, the activities happening in the viewport because we did see quite a lot of activity that happened. Um, like I said to you, some negative stuff, some some very negative stuff. And, you know, we need to at least just let people know what's going on from our point of view. But let's just come back to the game today. Um, England played today against Russia. Very, very good first half. Looked like we should have been hammering them. Didn't quite get there. Uh, the second half was a little bit different, but still we got the goal. And it looks like we should have got the win. And they got a last-minute goal, and it's absolutely knocked the wind out of us. We were sitting there at the end of the game, all of us, just sitting there for about another half an hour after the game, like we'd lost well, the World Cup, almost like, wasn't it? Uh, personally, I was pretty disappointed with the display. I know we all see games differently. You know, We all have different outlooks. Me, I wasn't that happy. I'm not happy with Roy Hodgson's tactics whatsoever. I think he's far too negative. 
He doesn't make his substitutions quick enough. Um, today, first half, yes, we played well, but I think we could have nailed them. I think if we'd be pushed on a bit more, we could have been 2-3-0 up in the first half. Second half, they came out strong. I think you should have changed the team then, give us more of a chance. Having got through all of that, we got the first goal. What does he do? He sits back, lets them come out with it, and we end up drawing one puts And puts Milner on. You know, which is a, yeah. you know, which is which is an interesting move. It's basically he's going for the holding position, trying to sort of kind of sort of hold that one 0 lead in effect, wasn't it? Took took Rooney off though, and unless he's injured or whatever, I don't nobody knows yet. But very very strange mood move. No, nobody can understand that as yet. I mean, Jimmy. I mean, again, the match today. You know, you you were quite pleased overall. You were saying, you know, with the game. Yeah, I thought as soon as the um, like as soon as that could the. Uh, Sucker punch feeling had lifted. I thought we performed all right, you know. But we are we put ourselves under pressure for for the game on Wednesday, on Wednesday or Thursday in Wales because they've got to win. So it's a bit of a pressured game. But you know, take that. Ridiculous thing to say, but you know, if, if, if we ground that to one 0 and we'd seen it out to the end, people will be focused on a really good, really good first half, creating a lot of chances, great performance by the Russian keeper. And uh, you know that, that, that last goal does it, cha it does change things massively. But I think overall we've done all right. I mean, there's positives. I think you know, Carl Walker was brilliant. I thought Rose was brilliant. I really like Dyer. He's good. But Rooney done well in midfield. Not so great with Ali, maybe in the middle. But I do agree with um, I do agree with John and that for, for the Hodgson. You know, there was probably around 70 minutes. It was really obvious that he needed to make a few changes. Though Sterling had failed, uh, not failed, but he'd faded. And Kane wasn't really, he wasn't doing anything, and Hodgson was a bit numb. He just didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't pull the trigger when he should have. And, and even at one 0 I thought we could have put him to the sword. And, and he, went, he decided to sit back. You know, to be honest, if, if we'd got, if we'd gone for the jugular, and and they they'd still were, they'd still equalised. Obviously, nothing would have changed. But at least he, no one can. You know, it's hard to really go nuts when you try and play attack, attacking football and, and and don't get a result. Yeah, but it's interesting because there's a theory, and we were chatting about this before. It's like, you know, I mean, the key to this game also was uh, we, we weren't, we couldn't lose. We mustn't lose. And I remember, you know, again, 12th tournament, and more than not, you know, you go into your third game at a tournament and you're still in the game all the time because, you know, England might have lost the first game, but they've won the second game and they need to win the third game. So you're still in the game. I remember going to Manaus. Uh, great day out, great day beforehand. We played really good attacking football, but fluffed it, you know, letting two goals kind of on the break, and Italy beat us, and all of a sudden, backs against the wall. And then by the time we went to San Paolo and then we got beaten again, we were out the tournament, you know, and it was like, oh my God, like, we were out the tournament, like in five days or something ridiculous. You paid all your money to come out here and you're out in five days. It's like horrible. So I thought almost you want to be in that situation where you do, do not want to lose. And we didn't lose, even though it was really disappointed. But it's still game on because we know what we need to, we need to do for the next uh, couple of games. Yeah, I, th I thought first half England created enough chances to have won it. Um, and then as, as the game wore on, um, we, we were we were struggling to, to get behind them to, to, to create any one-on-one -on -one chances. Um, we weren't, Kane, you know, Kane didn't really have any supply. Um, he, the, the Russian goalie pulled off that worldie, and I, I really thought that the first, the first, whoever scored the first goal would, would win the game. And we probably scored our goal maybe five or ten minutes too early. In when I was when I was looking at the clock, thinking, "Oh, there's only 20 minutes to go." I thought, you know, the first half seemed to go on forever. I thought it was the longest first half of football I've ever watched. Um, and uh, but when, when we when we got the breakthrough, I really thought we'd won it. And uh, you know, it, 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 you know, as you said, we we sat. 
we sat and I tried to I tried to get you all up so you didn't look like you were crying on the telly. Um, <laughs> but we were. <laughs> you were, but you know, it, it, it did it did feel like a defeat. And uh, oh no, some blue flashing lights coming. I'm no, getting twitchy again. <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I, I guess you're probably right. I think you know. The, the, the wise head on us thinks well at least we've got a point on the on the board and you know we're we're on our way but it, we, it's a game we should have won Bill yeah definitely a game we should have won and the fact is that as, as, if anyone knows the the, 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 the the podcast that we do week in and week out do a podcast every week or two every week as well and they're normally quite up and bubbly and jumpy <laughs> obviously there's been malarkey that's gone on around here the past couple of days so it's, it's difficult to try and keep yourself up with what's gone on but you know kind of we will do but we've got to you know talk about you know Russia scored a goal in the 92nd minute which is an absolute gutter uh, the final whistle went but what was quite interesting as well you know there's been a lot of news that's going around um, but we saw at the other end there was a bang there was a couple of flares from the Russian end of the world then there was a massive bang and at that moment we saw the Russian fans steam across um, cut the line the yellow line that was separating them and the English and the local fans and they basically just steamed into them they were jumping over all sorts of hoardings and stuff like that and cleared the whole area um, apparently as part of another orchestrated attack that they've been doing again we don't want to talk about the violence and everything like that but there is something that's been going on at this tournament which isn't really great and whatever you may think of England fans and going away you might think trouble and stuff like that all I'm going to say is that we don't cause trouble we don't like that we, we stay away from it all and we have been in two or three or four bar areas where we have been seen ambushes we've seen people come to us and it's not not, not been great I mean that, that happened after the game I don't think the news, uh, the game people showed it, but it's been on the news afterwards. And interesting as well, because like, we've been chatting to a few journalists, telling them what's been going on. Um, you know, people like Paul Kelso from Sky, you know, Kemi from Channel 4. And all of a sudden, they're actually getting the coup to say, like, you know, listen, there's actually um, activity happening here with the Russians and also the local French PSG and Marseille and Nice and all these hooligans who are basically getting all these teams to pluck out England fans because we're on their turf apparently and they basically want to just show us what's happening which is which is quite bad news I mean Dave again today you had an experience today which I popped up to go and get some tickets and bits and pieces so I actually kind of missed it and I came back at the back end of it but it wasn't too clever what you saw today I mean you're out in the square lovely couple square everyone is chilling out there's no problem at all and when I left I thought I'll see you in 15 minutes guys I'm just going to go and pop up and get some bits and it was fine it was cool and when I came back, I saw people that were running everywhere. And this, this area wasn't in the middle of... People sort of say, oh, the England fans must have started it. There wasn't that happening at all, was it? No, well, not at all. No, it was just... Um, it's, no, it's a normal... Um, it, it was a normal sort of scenario you get with away games, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of English congregating together, you know, having a drink, singing, enjoying, you know, enjoying, the, enjoying the atmosphere, you know, the sun's out. Nothing, um, nothing, nothing too sort of out of the ordinary. You know, and then the sort of mood changed quite quickly. You know, the the, the three or four bars where we were, everyone all of a sudden started to pack up their tables and chairs. You know, <laughs> sort of uh, the umbrellas were getting taken away, and then you could see there's a bit of panic in the in the staff. You know, as if as if I chatted to a couple of the uh, the, the bar staff, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, we, we have to close at X time." You know, the, the police don't want this place open anymore, and you know they're worried about this, that, and the other. You know, but. Before they even got half the bar um, cleared up and, and packed away, it turned really ugly really quickly. And uh, we all we all sort of um, we all just ran for cover. And then the closest cover was to get in the bar we were in, which was which was about six foot square. And it was tiny. It was a tiny bar. We were all crammed in there, and you, you could see outside. 
you know, it was it was like a war zone, you know, to put it put it sort of bluntly. To put, it, to put it bluntly, I mean, Laney, I mean, you just tell us about exactly what happened. I mean, you know, what 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 what, what went down? I mean, I heard that there was character. I mean, it was down the steps at the top, and apparently characters just came from nowhere. It was it kind of like evolved in in three phases. You know, there was it was for the first hour, it was literally really great humoured, sing songy, yeah, boisterous and boozy. Of course, you know. It's, it's, it's every, every, every nation that comes here is going to be boisterous and boozy. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what football tournaments are about. It's not, it's not a crime. To, it, wasn't aggress- it wasn't aggressive, though, was it? No, absolutely not at all. No, there, was, there was groups of Russians and Swedes and Austrians and um, a Palestinian fan in, in, a, in his shirt walking through. Germans walked through. Um, just, just kind of just laughing. You know, it was... You know, of the Scot, you know, it was quite a few anti-Scottish songs, but it was, it was just all very, very good-humoured. Then police vans arrived. Um, whether there was intelligence, whether they were there to protect, but the mood changed immediately. It was, it, it took the fun away, and it became oh, what's happening next? Um, and then, yeah, these these balaclavered um, hooligans. Which I guess they were. I guess they were Russians. Come. Which I heard was over. I heard there's well over a hundred. There's loads of them. Hundred. I couldn't. Well, I, I, well, I, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I, I, I could count or knew how many there were involved. Oh, yeah. But it, it just literally changed, and the tear gas canister went off within five foot of where I was, and I literally was just couldn't breathe. I really couldn't breathe. Um, so I was stuck in stuck in this cafe for ten, ten maybe five, ten minutes, um, and I've kind of filmed filmed myself talking about it because I couldn't I couldn't really get out. But as, as as Dave said, it was you know the only the only place you could hide, and, and you, you know a few people might even like laugh and say you know oh you know they're scared, but you know these these guys you know I, these Russians. They're they're not normal. They're not football. They're not they're, they're not fo- they're not they're not like football. They're not like football fans. The if, if if someone said to me that these guys were Russian military, these were Russian soldiers paid to come here, I'd believe you because you know they, 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 they're, they're not just like into a bit of indiscriminate fighting. These these guys, are, these are ki- they're killers. And 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 I think an England fan unfortunately has died tonight. I, I, I don't. It's not been confirmed, but what I hear, he had a heart. Attack and um, he, but he was he was beaten up while he was suffering and you know it 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 was it was brutal brutal down there and you know you say oh you know you know oh blah 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 you know we're 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 strong at home but you know honestly Brits aren't Brits aren't equipped for that I mean they, these guys are paramilitaries you know they've done national service they're killers mate. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're killers. And like I said to you, it was one of those scenarios where we've been sitting around here, and like I said, 12th tournament for me, and I'm, you know, deliberating whether I'm not going to go to Russia or not. And when I saw these guys and the way that they're behaving today, and they, they, it's like 70, the 70s or 80s, where they, you know, when you steam people in the stadium, we're saying, when's the last time you saw somebody steam in the stadium and actually kind of take out another set of fans? And we actually couldn't think. It's got to be at least 20 odd years it, where that's happened. It was happened. like the 80s, you know. And, and someone said, you know, Dave Liverpool fan here, he said it was like high school and. And it kind of, it kind of was, you know. There was, there was a whole end 
of, of they weren't England fans. They were they, they, these these people that were, were were running scared. The people that would have got their tickets through the ballots and or you know they, they were tour, they were football tourists basically. All the England fans were the other end. So they, so it was just almost like you know they were just like skittled down. And, and they, they ended up in a, a small wedge of the, of the corner of the stadium, and they were jumping, they were jumping off the corner of, of, the, of the stand to, to get away. And there's a couple that were running over a bar, running over um, um, a flag. They ran from one one stand to the other stand over a flag yeah, just to get away. Sense. And that, you know, if they if they'd had fallen, it was probably about 30, 30 40 foot drop. Yeah, that's quite bad, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never seen anything like it. I mean. But before the game in the square, it was, you know, most most of said it was, the atmosphere was brilliant beforehand. The police moved in, and you know, the police turning up can be a little bit provocative. But you got a sense in hindsight that they probably knew what was coming because they, the, like like Dave said earlier, the, the, the bar staff packed away all their stuff about ten minutes before the the ultras turned up, which you know they've clearly been tipped off. But you know, no one told us they were on their way, which wasn't too, too pleased. But you know, it was, it was a very, it was a very long square, probably about sort of maybe 200 metres, and we're sort of right down one end, and you can see the other one side of, you know, the old cl- cliche garden furniture has been t- thrown about and bottles are flying, and then like wildfire, it was coming nearer and nearer, and then all of a sudden you're thinking it's just a few drunken idiots, but then it's, you're seeing the people with their, you know, faces covered, Bank all in balaclavas, face masks, all dressed in uniform. And just taking out anyone in their way. It wasn't like like-minded people wanting to fight each other. It's just if you're in the way, you're getting taken down. So old, old, an old boy would have an asthma attack on the floor. And he's, he's getting a kick in. Uh, but and then in the ground, I mean, the weird thing was, like, oh, they let off this weird. They let off this flare just after, just like before half time, and it sort of served like a like a ready steady go. You know, as soon as that flare went off, that was the full time. You mean just for full time? Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when the flare went off, it was almost like that was the cue for them to move in. And uh, yeah, it's just a really, I've, never, I've been going to football since probably 1994, really, 20 to cut a year. I've never seen, any, I've never seen anyone attacking people, our fans, in the ground that way. I've not seen anything, we haven't seen anything. But again, we're sort of trying to keep it positive as we move on. The good thing about it as well, like so yesterday, is that the viewport is the area, as I call it, the zoo, where all the media are focused on this one pub. Around that, the bars around that were, you know, were, were pretty decent. And as you as you, as you go, there's 29,500 English fans who were trying to drink everywhere else. So, like I said, we're up here at the top of the hill. It's totally chilled. It's totally mixed. It's just really, really, really cool vibe. And uh, you know, that's positive. And after the game yesterday, or after the French before the during the French game, we went up and we went to a bar just down the road from where we are now. And then we ended up bumping into a, a load of Leeds fans who had done the same thing. They'd come away from the port area, so we were drinking with them, with the French, and then a load of Brentford fans came up as well, which is quite funny, which is out of the blue, we didn't call them, so we were all sort of drinking together, which was, you know, like I said to you, it's quite positive, there's a lot of positive things happening, but it's it's almost like Marseille is a bit of a strange place where we interview the ultras, like I said, you check this documentary out, besotted.co.uk, or just check out Ball Street as well, and the documentaries are about, about Marseille, and they talked about the fact that you're with 98, there's these feelings that have been going on for 18 odd years, and their people don't forget, and unfortunately, it doesn't matter how England may have changed or may not have changed, they're going to possibly be out for revenge, and this seems to have come place, and I'm not condoning anybody's behaviour on either side, but like you said, it's there, but let's move it forward, because we need to be positive, we, we're, we're moving out of here, and we're going to Lons on Wednesday, because England are playing a game which, to be quite honest with you, they kind of really need to win, don't they, John? 
Yeah, it's the uh, same old story, isn't it? We've now got one point, um, lose the next game, and then it's uh, panic stations, isn't it? Can't afford, can't afford to lose the next two games, so we're going home early as usual. Yeah, I mean, th- now the thing about it is that you know you're quite critical of the team today. Some people are probably less critical. I mean, looking at Wales, I mean, they, you know, hate to say they're a one-man team, but you know, they, they 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 did well today. They got the result that they needed, which is giving them the front foot. We need to go there and get a result. Hopefully, we don't panic. Do you think that we are equipped to take on the Welsh and actually beat the Welsh on Wednesday? I thought before this tournament that, um, I mean, like I do in most tournaments, that we can go all the way and, and win it, um, and we just never seem to be able to come up with the goods. Um, I just I just feel we never, ever get off to a good start in tournaments, and I think this was one, one chance that we had against Russia. A win today would have put us in a great position, pretty much definitely qualified, so, so once again, disappointed. Disappointed, but game on, on, on Wednesday what do you reckon do you think we're going to turn the screw and do you think we're going to bring it back yeah I'm, I'm, I've, I'm always positive I've got to stay positive so yeah I'll take us to beat the Welsh take us to beat the Welsh Laney well yeah I, I think it's inevitable that uh, you know our defence we, we haven't we haven't got a great defence and it's going to cost us and, I, and I've said you know whether, whether it costs us ultimately like terminally um, in, the, in the qualifiers I doubt I think we've got enough to get through that. It's, 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 it's from there on in. But, um, you know, we saw that we did enough to win it, but then we, 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 we conceded a really sloppy goal right at the death. I, I can see us drawing against Wales. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not sure we'll beat them. And I, and I think it's just like, it's typical England that we will go into the, the last game having to win it, whether we will or not. I'm sure we will and we'll go through, but they, they, it's never, ever easy. It's never easy. So Laney's predicting squeaky bum time in San Etienne, but we've still got time to, to fix this. Jimmy? Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, had a, I've had this feeling that Gareth Bale's going to be a, a bit of a, a fall on our sides. You know, we'll do a one-man team, but the one man's enough. A bit like Uruguay were in the World Cup. I think I don't see us getting a win. I don't see us getting a win against Wales. I think it'll be a draw. Um, but then we'll go and beat Slovakia after that, and then the tournament's underway. Like, like I said, I don't think we played too badly today, so you know, it's not done. Okay, so look, it's all looking positive. Like I said to you, we're coming out of Marseille tomorrow, then we'll be up in Lons. And unfortunately, the Russians look like they're going to be in Lille on Wednesday, and all the England fans are going to be in Lille as well on Wednesday. So that's not the greatest situation. But like I said to you, let's just keep it positive, and hopefully, this has been the last of the scenarios um, for now. But look, this is Besotted in Europe. You can check us out on Twitter, Besotted. Um, you can also check out myself, Billy the B99 on Twitter, and Adlaney Besotted100 on Twitter. You can check us out, Besotted.co.uk. We're pushing all our blogs up there, and also Besotted1992 on YouTube. We're putting all our videos up there as well. So listen, we're going to check out back with you in a couple of days, and uh, hopefully things will be really positive in England going into the game in Lons against Wales. They're going to pick themselves up, and also the fans are going to have a good time. As we say, come on England! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.